0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 215. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today, I am talking with you from Sydney. Yes, I am back in what has become my Southern home away from home, or if I had a home, it really does feel like right now it would be Sydney in the South and London in the North. I have just spent a month in Bali, then a week in Byron Bay, doing a channeling workshop, which is all about tapping into that voice that I hear in my head when I talk about intuition or as some of you guys now know, I've also found out maybe it's called Joe. So hopefully you'll be hearing more about this channeling experience in season four of The Lively Show. But for now, we're in our quantum living series I am so excited about this and I hope you are too. These episodes are so important to me and they're really helping everyone to be on the same page or even refresh our memories on all of this new way, this new energy and approach to our lives. There is the old Newtonian classical physics way of looking at life, which is honestly where most of the world is still living out of this paradigm based on how we believe the world works based on things that are true at the classical or Newtonian physics world and beyond, which is to say that everything that is larger than an atom has certain behaviors and properties. But once we found the ability to go within the atom and look at what makes up an atom, what makes up a neutron and an electron and a proton, once we got to that particle level, that subatomic world is quantum physics, and when we get there, all the rules we think our world lives and is built upon totally change. And this episode is one of my very favorite of the entire Quantum Living series because it turns one of our assumed roles in terms of our purpose here on Earth in order to get the results we want on its head. It's all about work and intensity versus frequency which is really going to answer the question, do we need to work as hard and take as much action as we think we do, as we've grown up being told we do, as seeing all of these historical figures in many but not all cases, there is so much hustle and hard work spoken about in online business today and over the decades and thousands of years we've had as well. Yet there's other points of view in the spiritual world, especially, and also, I think here and there in the business world too, that kind of contradict that hard work mentality and saying that that's not necessarily the only way we need to behave in order to get the results we want. So that's what this episode is going to answer from a quantum physics perspective. We're going to look at whether there is another aspect of our lives that's influencing our outcomes far more than action alone. Let's go to the show. This one is so exciting. So over the Christmas break, it was actually as I was flying from London to New York for the holidays, I stumbled upon a documentary about quantum mechanics on the plane since I have been flying a lot of time. I have a lot of time to watch different movies. Fun fact about me, I pretty much watch... Me Before You, every single time I'm on a plane flight, it's kind of become this weird anthem of my trip, but I've actually done so much flying that even after watching that specific movie, I end up watching other movies as well. And this one happened to be about quantum mechanics. And as I was watching it, I was truly fascinated because all the things they were talking about from a quantum mechanic, physical quantum level, applied to all the crazy woo-woo stuff I've been studying for the last nine months. So once I got back to the States, I dove head first into as much as I could learn about the principles of quantum mechanics so that I could see all of the stuff that seemed so out there, but yet resonated with me on a very deep intuitive level, work out on the physical plane. It made me so excited because as you know, there's Myers-Briggs and many different personality types and preferences out there. People like to learn from things in different ways and resonate at different levels. Well, the idea of being able to not only talk in woo-woo language, but also talk in scientific terms about things that people can totally on the other side of the woo-woo scale, like the electrons, the photons, and all that kind of stuff. I wanna be able to talk that language too. I don't need to know all the mathematics and how they proved Planck's constant, for example, in this episode, but I do wanna know what the implications of these findings are and seeing that we're all connected. There's only 14 or 16 types of elements of the universe in general. Well, if that's true and the universe is based on these essential building blocks, why would the rules that govern those building blocks from the atomic and subatomic and the physical level not apply to our own lives as well? were built of the same stuff, why would the principles not apply in the same way? So that is what this series is going to be all about, quantum living. So I think, I'm not sure how many that will be a part of this series, but as I find these quantum physics, quantum mechanics, aspects that align with this energy and consciousness approach. And I want to focus specifically on how some of those physical aspects apply to this stuff. I'm going to be doing these quantum living series. This one that we're going to start off with is why we don't have to work as hard as we think we do. This is kind of a follow up to Tuesday's episode, which was all about the law of attraction. And as you guys heard, I talked about the law of attraction being things of the same vibrational frequency attracting other things of the same vibrational frequency. Using vibrations and frequencies in the terms of our lives and emotions sounds a little woo-woo, but I'm going to share how this actually applies on the physical realm, in the quantum realm really specifically, and then we'll talk about extrapolating this to your everyday life. And if anything, I just want you guys not to be turned off or intimidated by the science behind it, I myself am not trying to become a PhD student in how to measure these photons and electrons and all the things in the particles and the entangled particles of the world. I'm just trying to then learn the concepts and the findings that those scientists are discovering and then translate that for you guys in a way that is applicable to our lives. So let me go through a little science history lesson for you. It'll be fun facts for you to share with people in your life if you want to, but ultimately I'll then draw it all back and explain from this physical realm how this works in our lives and why we don't have to work as hard as we often are told by people in our lives. And this all starts with today's focus on Einstein and the photoelectric effect. By the way, I'll have a video to link to. So if you wanna watch just the purely science of this in detail, you can watch the same video that I've watched so you can understand this from the purely scientific perspective. Of course, he's not gonna make any of the assumptions and parallels that I'm going to make, but basically in 1900, I believe it was, this mathematician called Planck had this mathematical theory on photoelectrons and quantized energy. Five years later in 1905, Einstein wanted to prove that energy was in fact quantized And he wrote this paper and did this experiment, which I'm going to explain in detail right now. Later in 1921, Einstein actually got the Nobel prize for this paper. So let's get into what exactly he proved, which was already mathematically proven in 1900. What he proved is that each quantized chunk of energy, which is a photon, would be some constant, which they ended up naming Planck's constant because Planck was the guy that invented this mathematically times the frequency of the oscillation. So let me just like take that back a step and just kind of explain what he did. He took a cathode tube that had electrons on one side from a battery. They were sitting down on one side of the tube and he wanted to see what would happen, how light could affect those electrons to release them and move across the cathode and create a current of energy going around. So... Don't get too wrapped up in this, but basically to say he was shining some light at some electrons to see if he could release them. And if he released them, that would create a current. So what he's trying to do is create a current and then he's shining light at it. Now what he focused on is experimenting with what created the electron movement. What made the electrons move? That's what he really wanted to see. Here's what he found. Regardless of the amount of light intensity that he flowed at the electrons. No matter how much intensity of light he flowed, without a high enough frequency of that light, the photon does not create a current, okay? So no matter how intense the light he flowed at these electrons were, the frequency, if it wasn't there, was not going to make this move at all. However, if the frequency was high enough, even a low intensity light or a high intensity light would create the current. So what set the electrons off, which was the big goal here, was the frequency of a light, not the intensity of a light. So what does that mean? This means that energy is proportional to frequency, not the intensity when it was coming to this experiment. What this means is that the higher the frequency was of the light, the bigger the outcome, the bigger the current that was created. Now it was assumed that if you had shined enough intensity of energy at the electrons over time, enough energy would accumulate to set the electrons free and start the current. So basically if you just shone enough energy and just whacked it with enough energy that it would start the current, but that's not what happened. It was actually the frequency, not the intensity. Now, what is really cool about this is that the energy was proportional to the frequency not the intensity i've said that a bunch of times but i want you guys to hear that a lot energy is proportional to frequency not the intensity even a low intensity light at a high frequency enough created the current now let's bring this into our real realm now what did he prove that makes it so exciting for us What that means in our lives is no matter how hard we try to force something to happen, no matter how much intensity we have, the outcomes we're wanting are actually based on the frequency of our emotional state first and foremost. So let me say that again. It's actually our emotional frequency that creates the outcomes moving in our lives, not our intensity of action. No matter how much stuff we try to move, if we're at a very low frequency, the outcomes are not going to be what we want. Frequency is tied to our emotional state. And when our emotional state is high, that's when things in the current start flowing. That's when flow starts to happen is when the frequency is there. That's actually so cool. I finally like tied that in. That wasn't even in my notes, but that's really what this is about. It's about trying to get into flow. You guys know, you hear me talk about that a lot. This is another aspect or avenue for you to understand that. The flow happens, the current starts flowing once the frequency is high. It's not about the intensity, it's about the frequency. So when I said you don't have to work as hard as you think you do, it means that if your emotional frequency is high enough, you actually don't have to work as hard as you think you do. And therefore, this is all about alignment before action. You want the frequency to be high before you turn on the intensity. Does this create a bigger outcome if you have a high frequency and a high intensity? Sure, that's great. You can totally do that. But you're even at a high intensity of effort, if you have a low enough frequency, none of it's going to matter. Personally, in my favorite world, what I'm focusing on is realizing that this principle I can leverage in such a great way. If I get my frequency as high as I can, that's the less action I have to take. It's the frequency that's really doing all the leveraged action here. So if I can really get my frequency high, the amount of action I take proportionally needs to be less and less because the frequency is doing most of the work Anyways, so this is what I really want you guys to know. I've been doing this, as I said, for the last nine months myself. You've heard me talk about alignment before action all summer long. Here it is in scientific terms. The frequency is what creates the current output. And of course the intensity aids it when it's high, but the frequency has to be there first and foremost. So what about all those super hardworking hustlers out there seeing great results? If you just turn on Shark Tank, especially I love Shark Tank, You're going to hear about the American dream and the hardworking and the hustling and all of that stuff. So what about those people you might be asking? What about all those hardworking hustlers? Well, I believe that over time through all of that action, they're gaining a positive emotional momentum. So even just taking action because it's often in alignment with what they do want, they'll eventually start to get some emotional momentum from the action themselves. But The thing about that is you can do this even faster, more efficiently and more effectively by recognizing you don't have to wait for the actions you take to give you emotional positive feelings. Just get into a positive state and then take action. How much easier is that? It saves you so much time because let's say it takes you like four hours of action to feel positive about the work that you did and you feel like you really accomplished something good or whatever, then you're finally in that state and that's when things are actually starting to move. Why not just get into the high state first and then take the four hours of action? Because when you do, it's the frequency of your vibration that's actually gonna create the outcome anyways. You're just saving yourself that four hours just to get in the good mood. Get into the good mood first and everything else will flow from there. So I think that people that are hardworking hustlers, to go back to that, They value that, they see that as important. So when they're doing it, they start to feel good about themselves. And as they feel good about themselves because they're working hard, then they start to move that emotional needle, that vibration starts to get set off, the frequency starts to be there and things gain momentum. The frequency gets higher through the action because that's what they're valuing and they're feeling good about their action. But what if you stop attaching your hard work to how you feel? What if you stop saying that that's how you have to feel good about yourself? What if you stop thinking that hard work is this end-all, be-all, all thing, that intensity is the only way, the only source. That's the game changer. That's the stuff that I wanna bring to you guys this year. That's the stuff I've been doing myself and I've seen amazing results. It's why I was afraid to even talk about it to you guys because it's so different from how so many people talk about things in their lives, yet it's true. I'm finding it to be true. I'm finding more and more examples of this as well and it's incredible. In fact, you guys might also think like, what about the Miracle Morning people from Hal Elrod's episode? If you're a Miracle Morning person, I have a feeling what that whole thing, the whole principle of the morning rituals being so important or miracle morning. If you want to learn about that, go over to justlivelycom lively.com slash hell to hear that one in more detail, but really what you're doing when you have some type of morning ritual or a miracle morning or whatever version five minute journal you're doing, you're setting your emotional frequency. We know it makes us feel good and we think it feels good. So we keep doing it, which is awesome. The fact that we're doing it because we feel good Really, really cool. But what we're not necessarily, I think, fully conscious of is how incredibly powerful and essential that emotional frequency is to the results that we get. Right now, it seems kind of superfluous in some ways, I think, to people because they still think that the outcomes are going to come from their hard work rather than the frequency. However, what this also means is if you're just rolling out of bed and you're just kind of living life, like I said last week, by default, which means you're not setting your emotional frequency ahead of time, you're waiting for life to throw you something good or something bad so you can feel good or bad in your life. That means you're just gonna have your frequency varying with the fluctuations day to day, whatever happens, happens. You're gonna keep getting a mixed bag of results. If you really want to be deliberate about this, you can start to focus on your emotional frequency first before you take action. This means you don't have to grind as hard as you think you do to see the results. And like I said, I think that a lot of the grinders are really actually getting emotional leverage out of feeling like they're working hard. So the feelings of goodness that they're feeling about themselves working hard is actually what's doing the work, not all of the hours of work itself. Once you get into that high frequency, that's when the actions you take can be super leveraged. Look at Gandhi. He didn't take massive actions. He was very deliberate and his frequency was incredibly high. So the actions that he took, if he was, you know, not eating, he's not taking any action that's actually grinding out 17,000 emails with people. He is just choosing that to eat and doing that because his frequency was so high. The repercussions of that changed a nation. So Keep this in mind. I'm not trying to say that you gotta be Gandhi and you need to go on a hunger strike. That's not the point. The point of this is to recognize your frequency has to do with the current of your life, the outcomes of your life. Focus on the frequency in order to leverage. Yes, more intensity paired with a high frequency is awesome. And if you really wanna maximize, go for it, but don't look at the intensity as the driver. Focus on the frequency. For me personally, I am so focused on this and believe this so much. I'm focusing on getting the highest frequency I can every single day, regardless of how much time it takes because I believe that by getting into that frequency, the leverage of that when it does come to work is tenfold, is stronger because the frequency is stronger. If you don't really have that time or interest in that, just keep this in mind. Just remember that your emotional states what's going to set off the chain reactions, the law of attraction in your life. So get into that Positive state that you feel comfortable with first before taking action, if possible, to save yourself some time and also see the results that you want. So, as Abraham Hicks would translate this, basically, it's about going with the flow versus fighting to paddle up the stream. So much of our society, we have, you know, statues and awards and trophies for all these people that are grinding so hard. And it's very tempting to wanna do the same thing that they're doing because we see that that's what worked for them. But we're not seeing the more subtle principle at play here, which is probably that those people happen to value the hard work and feel good about themselves and that goodness, that feeling, that vibration started to raise, that frequency started to get there, and then everything they wanted flowed from there. With the intensity being high, obviously they are going to get re- great results, but you can probably also think about, and I can think about this too from sports growing up, I was such a hard worker, but my overthinking, which I would equate to the frequency, I wasn't really negative. I just overthink things like crazy. So my frequency was kind of low, just not in like a I suck way, just in a I'm overthinking this and can't really feel good or let it flow away was so interesting because I should have been theoretically much quote unquote faster. I should have had a better result as a runner than I ever did. And I believe it's because my frequency was not in alignment with the intensity with which I hustled. I'd hustle really hard, but the results would never quite be as good as they probably could have been because my frequency was not as strong as The intensity, I was focusing on intensity, not realizing that all along had I unlocked the frequency, the other stuff and that intensity and hard work and training would have gone much farther. So it's not about not having to ever take work if you want to, but just recognize the real leverage point here is your frequency more than the action itself. You're actually not gonna see any results if your frequency is low enough or the frequency when it's low will probably produce results you're not really excited about or things you don't want law of attraction style. So there you go, I hope you guys like this little science lesson, now you know, Einstein's photoelectric effect, got him the Nobel Peace Prize, and also applies to your life as well. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening and please share this episode with anyone you know who may be open to this new way of thinking and also is feeling really burned out right now because of how hard they've been working without getting the results they truly want. Hopefully this will be something that can help them reconsider their intensity versus frequency as well. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me over at Jess C as in Crazy Ideas Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com QuantumWorkFrequency in order to see the show notes for this show or to share it with your friends. And now before I share where I'm headed to next, which is really exciting, it's back up in the Northern Hemisphere, it's time to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. Okay, you guys know it. If you've listened to the show before, odds are you know my favorite bookkeeping software is FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes bookkeeping for creatives and small business owners so simple. It was a breath of fresh air. It was basically the answer to my prayer back when I was using QuickBooks and super unhappy using that bookkeeping software once upon a time. The minute I switched over to FreshBooks, I never looked back. It's so easy to invoice people, track your expenses, time your own time on certain projects and bill people for it and so much more. So if you want to check it out and see why I am so obsessed for 30 days for free and just give this a try for basically a month, head over to freshbooks.com slash lively and give this a try to see why I love it and see if you do too. Now we're going into where I'm going next. You guys, I'm going to Amsterdam. Yes, Europe round two, at least to start the summer, is where I'm headed to. Amsterdam will be where I'm at for three days and then I flow on to somewhere else in Europe, which is very exciting for a conference that's coming up that I've been looking forward to for many months. I'll tell you more about that in the coming episode, so stay tuned. And until Thursday, may something wonderful happen to you today.